seems to me that that's what we have to do if we're going to exercise faith. We have to initially find out what we actually uh, envisage happening. And it seemed to me when I read about Anna and Simeon that the whole of their lives they had been longing for the Messiah to come and to bring, bring redemption and salvation not just to the Jews but to the Gentiles as well. They've been longing for the Messiah to come. So what are we longing for? And uh, how will salvation and redemption really look in Galtus and the surrounding communities? How does it look already? Um, and if we're going to step out in faith, what are we stepping out to actually pragmatically do? What, what, what does that mean, both as individuals and as a church? So I want us to think about that. Uh, I know what my dream and my longing has been in my life, and it doesn't involve teenagers, actually. Um, my dream and my longing has been to find a safe place um, in all parts of the country, actually, um, a sort of youth cafe where young people can come together and work out who they are, how they relate, need to relate to society, and to learn about God as well. And that's my longing and my dream. In fact, I've even gone as far as I look up, I keep tabs on the commercial property from saying <laughs> the latest one is, uh, is in Cranbrook. Wow, it would be lovely, it would be fantastic to buy this and make it into a youth cafe. You know, it costs half a million, which is the way for my budget. But that's my dream and my longing. And in fact, um, when I was working in Deptford, a long time ago now, we did, we, we together, we bought a pub in Deptford and we created a non-alcoholic pub for teenagers. Um, and we also had church there. When we welcomed people at this church, um, we used to frisk them for uh, drugs and, and knives. So I noticed you don't do that in this church. <laughs> um, and I, I uh, said to my volunteers, you know, um, you need to frisk everyone, whether you know their kids from church, so you're kind of pretty certain, hopefully, that they don't have knives and drugs on them, or you're frisking street youth. You, you just need to frisk everybody, you know, don't, don't make preferences. Five minutes later, I, I looked, and there they were, frisking Father Martin, who was, um, he was a priest from the High Anglican Church just up the road, who he invited a lot. I can't tell you how long it takes to frisk a man in a long black gown. Um, it takes a long time, and they did it pretty thoroughly. He was quite a liberal guy, actually, so I was a little bit nervous that he'd have a joint tuck behind his ear, but he was fine. It was, it's all all right. Um, so we used to have these slightly unpredictable church services, and I remember one time my friend said to the young people, I want to wash your feet. Now, for street youth, it's really kind of not cool to take your trainers off. So they completely refused to take their trainers off. So my friend, he knelt down with this warm bowl of water and he washed their trainers. And I can't tell you, it was incredibly moving actually. This uh, Oxford graduate, middle class uh, young man kneeling before this young man who had, had such a different lifestyle from him. And, uh, you know, when we make connections like that, the Holy Spirit comes. Because the Holy Spirit loves relationships. And the Holy Spirit just fell into the church that day. It was one of the most dynamic experiences um, of God that I've had the privilege to have. 
Another time, uh, two gangs came into the church and they kind of fell out with each other and so they all ran out of the pub intending to have a street war, I guess. And um, the men on our team went running after them, like sending them off to war. And um, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, they came back and they said, uh, it's okay, they, they dropped their weapons before the police arrived, so nobody was arrested. Um, and I said, well, how did, you, how, how did that happen? And so my friend, he said, well, we, we got into a, a group and we sang, you won't believe this, we sang Peace to You. You know that little chorus? He said, to be honest here, I don't know whether it was the power of the Holy Spirit that got them to drop their weapons, or just sheer shock, you know, because <laughs> it was such a, a different approach. Um, so, uh, another time we took the kids uh, on an adventure holiday, and um, one of the kids, you know, we spent about two hours, honestly, I'm not exaggerating, two hours trying to encourage him to have the courage to abseil that in his cliff face, because he wanted to do it, but he was so frightened. And uh, in the end, he kind of put to death his fear, as it were, he put his trust in the person holding the rope at the top, and he launched himself down. And I tell you, when he walked up the other side, his face was shining. His face was shining. And he said, I did it. I did it. And I'm never going to forget that. And I've never forgotten it because his face was shining with Jesus. And I know that as he, in a way, died to himself and went down, he came up a risen and redeemed man, even though he wasn't overtly Christian at that time, but Jesus touches people at all places and in all levels. And uh, so in, in some ways, we got the light of Christ into depth, but it wasn't the dream and the faith. Uh, it didn't fulfill the whole dream that we had. We wanted, to, we wanted to change the whole of the UK, and then we wanted to change the whole world. And it's hard because you're in a battle, aren't you? And uh, one of the things that happened, we, we fell over our, you know, we had two left feet the whole time. We were always making mistakes. And one of the things that happened was that the police asked us if they could be uh, used the top of the pub as a lookout post because the restaurant opposite was just a front for drugs and they needed to catch the people with the drugs in their hands. So, uh, so they wanted this as a lookout post. And, and the police had been helpful to us and we felt it was honourable to let them do that, but we were really concerned too. And, 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 and in a way, um, unfortunately, although we tried to keep it quiet and inevitably got out, and it really damaged our relationships in the community. Christians have these real di dilemmas, don't they? We, we make mistakes. But I tell you, we did get something of salvation and redemption there. And in a way, that's what I want to encourage you with, that it's when we step out in faith, have the big dream, have the big picture, and you will get snippets of light and snippets of um, redemption coming through. It might not be the whole big picture yet, but there will be places where you can get light because um, actually in the heart of our universe is love, because God is love, and at the heart of love is transformation. The DNA of love is transformation. And uh, I just kind of want to encourage particularly the young people here because I know, because I work with teenagers, that they're really, really concerned about planet, the planet. 
They're really concerned about what that will mean for their futures. And I want to give you the hidden hope that I have and that, uh, that we have in Christ, that love is at the heart of the universe. It is in the heart of God. And in the heart, the DNA of love is transformation. You see, this is how it works. You know, I go and spend time with my friend Claire, and she throws a bit of Claire in, into me, and I, and I hold a bit of Claire in my spirit. And then I go and spend a bit of time with my friend Tracy, and she throws a bit of Tracy into me. And then I go and spend time with another person, and another person, and another person. By the time I get back to Claire, she's got to really get to know me all again, because I've kind of changed because, because people have thrown bits of themselves into me, and I've thrown bits of myself into them. And, um, and uh, although God is the ancient of days and the essence of him remains the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, actually Iadilio, who is the Franciscan scientist, reckons that God is the youngest person in the universe because he's forever transforming himself, transforming, because you see the Holy Spirit throws himself into the Jesus, and Jesus throws himself into the Father, and the Father throws himself into the Holy Spirit, and it's a dynamic movement of love that transforms. And I promise you, and I, I just want to say sorry to, to the younger generation, because our generation is, uh, and the generations before us have held a party of uh, excess and greed, and of um, that terrible spin of sort of thinking we're entitled to things. And uh, we've kind of raped the earth in the process. And you young people have to find a new way of living. You have to fight, you have to lead the way in transforming the way, because you cannot live the way that we've lived. And the hidden hope is that there is love in the heart of the universe. There is love, in, that God is love, and that DNA is transformation. And I think that as we love and seek to, to love the planet, the planet will get into that rhythm that is already there. You know, I, I do an act in church, we're going out there this afternoon, and we will see that rhythm of love there, of death, of new birth, of growth, of fruit, of death, of new birth, of, pro of growth, of fruit. That is when the heart of love, that is the DNA of love. And I have a lot of hope that we can, as we refuse to be complacent, and as we go out and change the world uh, by loving the world, that we will see that transformation, not only in people, but also on the, in the planet itself. Friends of mine who are Christians have been working in the uh, uh, Extinction Rebellion movement. They say that there are prophets in that movement. Often prophets are outside of the religious structures. They say there are prophets and deep spirituality in parts of that movement. I, I just, guess they're only talking about their experiences that they're part of it. Um, that's exciting. So, uh, so I just encourage you, really, and I want to go back to that question of how are we as a church going to step out in faith? What does redemption and salvation look like in Galhurst and in the surrounding communities? And how am I, as an individual, going to step out in faith? And I just wonder whether we could just turn to the people nearest to us. And, and maybe talk about that just for two, two, three minutes. What does that mean for us? It may be something that you've got to go away and think about. 
um, at home. It's quite hard to think quickly. But just maybe two or three minutes just thinking about what does that mean? What is redemption and salvation going to look like out there? If you're not somebody who has a faith in Christ and all this is very new to you, just try listening to other people or say, well, actually, I have no idea how to think about it. So don't feel pressured. Uh, but let's just think about what it actually means to step out into faith. What does that mean to us right now, today?